So good to see everybody today, and thank you so much for, for joining us for, uh, for the opportunity to, to baptize some people today. Wasn't that not amazing? Can we just celebrate that one more time? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Absolutely wonderful, and uh, you can see we give all those the I Have Decided shirts, and uh, it's kind of becoming a little bit of an ROC tradition that if you've been baptized here and you still have that shirt, uh, to wear it on the day we baptize other folks. And so if you see some other people that we didn't baptize, don't worry, they didn't steal them, uh, they've already been baptized. And so it is just an awesome opportunity. And also, thank you so much for being willing to transition with us uh, into being inside. How many of you uh, were expecting us to be outside today when you, when you came here today? Yeah, a few of you. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I'm so glad we decided to come inside because we'd be getting rained on right now. Uh, but it is uh, so wonderful to be able to worship the Lord with you and just to get into the next part of our series. So if you have your Bibles and you want to open them with me to the, the Gospel of Matthew, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. Verses 1 through 11. And if this is your first time joining us, if you've ever watched uh, a show on Netflix, you know kind of what you have is you have the name of the show, right? And then you have different seasons that slowly the story is unfolding. We're, we're kind of doing that with the Gospel of Matthew. We've named the Gospel of Matthew, you know, the overall idea is King Jesus. And we're going through the Gospel of Matthew one season at a time. And we're almost finished with the origin story, the beginning. We're going from Matthew chapter 1 through the end of chapter 4, and if you've been with us, we're, we're just kind of starting off this idea and realizing that in chapter 1, we realize that because of Jesus, we can be a part of God's family and a part of God's story. And that's one of the things I love about the gospel of Matthew, is he just starts out immediately saying, Jesus is the rightful king, and I can prove it. And he starts talking about God's family and the story of God, and we're able to see how, because of the goodness of Jesus, we can see that that's our family. And we have the ability to become part of the family of God. Chapter 2, we got to see how the wise men went 900 miles along the Silk Road all the way to the home of baby Jesus. And we realized through that that we actually, because of Jesus, we can bring something to worship the king as well. And then as we watched the journey of Jesus, we realized that he also knows the way in which we're traveling. Last week, we had so much fun talking about what baptism is and that it's not about the water, it's about what it represents and how it is the ability, because of Jesus, that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. And now we're going to jump into the next part of what happened. And honestly, uh, we said last week, if you were with us, that you can almost feel the momentum picking up in the narrative of what's going on in Jesus' life. He's now about to enter into his public ministry, and it's just amazing as we're continuing to build, continuing to build. And we're going to see that today as right after he is baptized, he comes up out of the water. And, and the father affirms to everybody around that this is my unique, one-of-a-kind son, and he brings me great joy. Right after that, we see how things start to turn. And I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, as I was studying this, I saw so much of what God does in my life uh, and, and how God leads us through these different areas of life. And my hope is, is that maybe you can see how this story of what happened in the life of Jesus can teach us so much about God's faithfulness. And kind of to, to get the idea in our heads, what I kind of saw about this is, I want to tell you about real quick about something that happened. How many of you have ever been to a corn maze? Anybody ever been to a corn maze? Yep. How many of you have ever gotten lost in a corn maze? All right. Yeah, thank you. Not just me. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, not that long ago, Two or three years ago, my family and I, we went to a place called Shuckles, you know, down, down the way, right? We went out down uh, in Tennessee to a place called Shuckles, and they had a corn maze. 
And it was just about to get dark, and it was you know, really probably too dark. They were getting ready to close the, the corn maze, but my kids and I, we wanted to go through the corn maze. Now, my wife has always proven to be smarter than me, and she tapped out. She's like, no, thank you. I'm not interested. You're going to get lost. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to get lost. I got this. And so we get ready uh, to go in there, and right before we go into the, the corn maze, uh, there's a guy there who said, hey, look, you guys are the last ones uh, to go through here, so it's fine. Uh, you got, Go ahead. I mean, it was probably already a little too dark anyway, but he's like, okay, look, here's the deal. This is the entrance, and this right here is the exit. I want you to see it. There is an entrance, and there is an exit. You're going to be okay. I was like, that makes me nervous that you needed to, like, confirm that, but okay, fine. And then he said, and here's the thing. This is what you're going to do. You're going to walk through here, and eventually you're going to come to a crossroads. You're going to have to either go left or you're going to have to go right. You just need to decide, and how you're going to know if you went the right way is you're going to end up you know, going to the next crossroads or you're going to end up at a dead end. That's how you know you went wrong. If you go the wrong way, because it's just y'all, just yell out, help, <laughs> and I will tell you where to go because it's just you guys in here, and I'm going to be kind of walking around. I'm going to be able to see you. You won't be able to see me. Just yell out, and I'll help you. So we're like, okay, fine. Well, as we're getting ready to go in, my girls kind of run ahead, and the guy leans over to me, and he's like, hey, buddy, just need to know, just stay to the left. Just, just stay to the left, and you'll be fine. Well, I'll be honest with you, I was frustrated. I didn't want to know. I wanted to be able to guess, right? And so, so I now know, but they don't know. And so we go through there, and, and it's fine, and we're having a good time, and it's whatever. And it's way too dark to be out there, but we're having a good time, right? And we, we're getting there, and we come up to the first crossroads, and it's either a left or a right. And I know the guy said go left, okay? I'm aware that he said left, but you weren't there, okay? The left was creepy, all right? The, it looked like nobody else had gone left. And listen, I am not afraid of the dark. I am afraid of what might be in the dark, okay? And so I was wanting to get out of here, but I was looking to the left. It looked like nobody else had been that way. If they had of, they were being so very careful not to leave any steps behind them. But the right looked like this. It looked like it had like a sidewalk. It was like fully clear. It's like everybody had gone to the right. So I know what the guy said, and I went to the right. Okay, I went straight over there. And then sure enough, as he also said, eventually I found myself at a dead end. Now, I have my pride, and my girls were like, Dad, is this where we're supposed to be? Absolutely, this is where we're supposed to be. This is not a dead end. This is just a shortcut. And so I started to try to find my way in through there, only to get so hopelessly lost that I could not find my way back out, and now it is dark, okay? And so eventually, I just have to yell out, help! And I could hear the guy over there kind of exasperated at this point going, okay, um, where are you? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I'm lost. And he said, did you go left? I'm not going to tell you what I told the guy. Okay, I just, you know, the Lord has forgiven me for what I said. You know, it's fine. No, no, I didn't say anything. I wanted to say many bad things, but I didn't. And I said, no, I didn't go left. He's like, okay, all right, fine. Listen, just go back where you came from and take a left. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it worked. It worked because we're here today. It was amazing. And then every time after that, I would come up on a crossroads. And I can tell you that maybe one other time I took a right. But I always figured out that I come back to the crossroads and I take a left is where I was supposed to go. And can I tell you that that is so much of what this sounds like to me and what we're going to be reading about today. Because the Bible teaches us that right after Jesus comes up out of the water, immediately the Bible says that he goes into the wilderness, the desert. And he comes across these different crossroads, and he has to decide, is he going to go left or is he going to go right? And then we see what he does to, to help us understand that when we go through different crossroads in our life, what do we need to do? So let's read the story, and then we're going to break it down together. The Bible said that 
then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness or to the, the desert, rocky area, to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. That is the most obvious statement in the entire Bible, by the way. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus said to him, No, the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, Actually, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I will give them all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. At this point, you can tell Jesus is getting a little frustrated with it. He's like, get out of here, Satan. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, if you were looking at this and trying to figure out what's going on, if I were to give you one big idea that I feel like this whole text can teach us so that we can follow Jesus into every area of life, it would be this if you're taking notes, and that is because of Jesus, I never doubt in the dark what I heard in the light. Because of Jesus, I never doubt in the dark places of life, in the, the crossroad moments. When I, when I get away from the starting line and I can't really see where I'm going anymore, I never doubt in the dark what I heard in the light. And I ask you this question in your life. What have you heard in the light? What promises from God's word are, we, are you holding on to? What is it that God said that if you will be faithful, this is what I will do? Can I tell you, it's so easy to hear those things in the, the bright moments but it can be so difficult to hold on to those in the dark moments. And the truth is, is that God is already for us. And we know that it, the Bible says this. It says that when, when this whole thing first started, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Well, spoiler alert, this is the, the end of the message. And that is at the very end of it, Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And so what we realize is at the very beginning, God was, uh, the Holy Spirit was with Jesus. And we know that at the very end, the Holy Spirit is with Jesus. The problem is in the in-between. Can I tell you, in my life, I felt like that? Like, I know that, that God was with me, and I know that God will be with me in the future. It's the, it's the walking it out part that can be so very difficult. Because it seemed like, since this is Jesus, his life should have probably looked a little bit like this, right? Like he's Jesus. So it's just, he's just going to go through things. Everything's going to be okay. But we see that that wasn't at all the way it happened because the Bible teaches us that he entered into every area of life that we did, yet without sin. So he experienced disappointments and plans not happening the way they should have and, and all these different things. He did all these different things so that he could show us the way. Because one of the things, I don't know about you, but my life doesn't look like this, and your probably doesn't either. My life look, looks a little bit more like that, right? It's like, here's the entrance. Here's the exit. The rest is, is up for grabs. There's all kinds of, of moments there that, that, that happen, all these different crossroads that happens. And honestly, I thought, and now this is, this is how naive I am. I'm sure you're not like this. I thought that when I graduated high school, that was as difficult as it was ever going to get. 
I thought that was, somebody's already laughing, because you know what, yeah, that was, you know what I learned is that when you add careers and families and things, it doesn't look like that, it looks more like this right here, right? That's what it looks like. It just, you know, and you know what happens is like, I've got the entrance point, it's right here, and I know that there's the exit point. I, I know it's going to be okay. It's everything in between that happens. There's so many different crossroads in life. And I know that the Holy Spirit is with me. I know that. I know that, that God's presence is going to be with me. But man, there's a lot of crossroads along the way. That's why I'm so very thankful that in the life of Jesus, it wasn't just a straight line. Jesus didn't just go from victory to victory, but rather, especially in this moment right here, it looks a lot more like that. That he starts off with the presence of the Holy Spirit. He ends with the presence of the Holy Spirit. But all along the way, there's these different crossroads. That are you going to trust in your Heavenly Father or are you not? And you know what I never saw until I was studying this text for our message today? I always saw that, that the devil would come and say, if you are the Son of God, then. And I didn't really understand where that was until I started to realize the text right before that. And the text right before that was when the Bible said that when Jesus came up out of the water, that the, the Heavenly Father said to the world, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. And so immediately what happened is the devil said, oh, really? Because we've got to understand that the devil didn't know the plan of God yet. He didn't know what was going on. It was still a mystery to him. And so he, maybe he's been watching this guy named Jesus. And, man, he's 30 years old. He hadn't sinned yet. Man, there's some prophecies that he's kind of fulfilled. Ah, now all of a sudden the, the heavens open and the heavenly Father, you know, there's a voice that comes out and says, this is my, really? Well, if you are, prove it. If you really are the Son of God, let's see what you can do. And one of the things that I have learned in my life is that the enemy is going to constantly try to attack two main things in my life. He's going, to attract, he's going to try to attack what I think about God and what I think about who he says I am. Lord, where'd you go? There you are. And who says that I am? And who does God say we are? God says this. He says, who am I? That in Christ, I am a dearly loved child of God. That in Christ, that I am a dearly loved child of God. He says it like this. He says, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world, they don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he hasn't yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. And that's amazing and that's awesome until crossroads in life happen. It's so awesome to think of myself as a child of God and to read God's word and to see the promises of God. And, and, and there was a time in my life when for the very first time I understood that the plan of God wasn't just for the world, but it was for me and that I could receive my, uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then to realize that God was going to continue to make me and mold me and, and turn me into something that was whole and without broken pieces anymore. And like, we don't really even know what that fully looks like. It's a mystery that we won't see till we get to heaven. And I was like, man, sign me up. I am I am. All all about that. And that was awesome until the first crossroads happened. And I had to choose if I was going to really trust the Lord or if I was going to go my own way. And I wonder if for some of us, we've been through times and seasons in our life where we loved, we loved Jesus, we loved the Lord, but then when the, the crossroads of life happen, different things happen in our life, we wonder, am I going to trust what I heard in the light 
Or am I going to doubt it in those dark places? And my hope for you is that you would never doubt in darkness what you heard in the light. And the enemy is always going to have an alternate plan for you. The Bible says it like this. It says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. In other words, don't trust it. Don't depend on it. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. Only a craving for everything that we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. But the truth of the matter is, is that these things are not from God, but from this world. And so what we see is, is every time we come to a crossroads in life, the enemy is going to offer us a counterfeit or we can choose to follow the Lord. And what I see in this when we're, we're reading through this is I see that at the very beginning of this, this chapter, this, this, this passage, that that. Jesus comes up out of that water, the chapter before, and it's, this is my son. This is who he is. And then he goes through these, these series of testings where the enemy is trying to say, oh, really? Let me test that and see if you really are what just happened. Let, let, me, let me test it and see. Let me offer you something different, and let me see what you do. And many times in our life, the enemy is going to try to attack us through different circumstances and different situations. He may not even always be the author of it, but he will try to use it for his benefit, and it's going to try to redefine what we think about God and redefine what, we, what God thinks about us. And so the important thing to do is that when you come to the crossroads in life, to follow what Jesus taught us and make sure that we follow him in everything we do. And how do we do that? Here's three things I want to give you. The first one is this, is that when the enemy attacks my identity and who I am in Christ, Jesus teaches me that I don't live by what I see, I live by who I know. When the enemy attacks my identity in Christ, Jesus teaches me that I don't live by what I see, I live by who I know. Never doubt in darkness what the Lord spoke to you in the light. Because one of the number one things the enemy will do at the crossroads is he will want you to ask the question, will God be faithful? Will God be faithful? Because think about now, also, it's, it's important to realize, you know, the Bible says to not be ignorant of the devil's devices. The devil will not attack you on Sunday morning. Well, on the way to church, he will. But once you get here, no, because I don't know if you've ever done that. I've never, I've, I've had a time when I hadn't argued with my wife in a month, and then we're, we're out of town on the way to church, we're going to argue about something, okay? That, that's just my story, maybe not yours. But once we get there, we smile and act like everything's okay, right? Have you ever done that before? But once you get here, everything's fine. The enemy is not going to attack you when things are going well. He is going to attack you on Tuesday morning when that person calls in from work and they told you they were going to be there. He's going to attack you on Thursday afternoon when the boss says, hey, we need to talk about something. He's going to attack you on Friday night when you had all these plans and all of a sudden your kids decided to go crazy and now everything seems to be ruined. He, he's going to attack you when you least expect it. And that's exactly what happens to Jesus. The Bible said it was the Holy Spirit that led him to this, this private place where he could fast and he could pray and he could prepare his heart for what was about to happen. And it was after this moment where he's vulnerable and he's weakened physically by 40 days and 40 nights. I feel weakened and vulnerable after missing breakfast. You, you imagine 40 days and 40 nights and you're, you're not just sitting you know, in, in your recliner. You're out in the wilderness, okay? And, and you're, just, you're there. And the book of Luke says there were even wild animals around there. So like, like, no, okay? But that's where he is. And it was in this vulnerable place that then the devil comes and he says, hey, you look really hungry. Well, that's just rude. Of course I'm hungry. It's been 40 days. Well, you know, you're in this rocky place and you, you know, you're supposed to be the child, a child of God, right? You're supposed to be the son of God. Yes, of course I am. Prove it. If you're the son of God, 
do something miraculous. Don't, don't trust your father. You go do it. You do it yourself. In other words, in this vulnerable state, he comes up on a crossroads. And the crossroads is, is he can go to the right and live by what he sees and what looks good, or he can take a left, live by who I know and who is good. And I wonder if there's even this moment of, you know, I'm sure that my father would want me to be okay. I'm sure that my father, you know, that's, that's the temptation. I'm sure my father would, wouldn't want me to be hungry, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to do what I can do because it's what I can do. In other words, trying to live independently of his relationship with God. And all of a sudden now there is an option. And the Bible says it like this, to be so very careful not to love the world nor the things in it that it offers you because it offers only a craving of what we see. Only a craving. Like it's not even real. But in that moment, when we have that moment, we look at it and we go, you know, it would seem really, really easy to just live by what I see. Even though we, we don't even realize it, but it's just a craving. It's not even, it's not even real. It's just in a, a moment. And here's the hard part is it's easy to trust God when it don't matter. It's easy to trust God when everything's going well. Man, everything's going great. I got the promotion I wanted. You know, my, my kids are doing well in school. My, my, my family's doing well. Everybody's doing well. Man, I trust the Lord. Well, what do you do when you're vulnerable? What do you do when all of a sudden the marriage isn't going so well? What do you do when your kids are, are not going so well and your principal calls and you found out there was a whole lot of stuff going you didn't know? What happens when this job that was promised to you falls apart? What happens when you thought you were ready for graduation and it doesn't happen? What, what happens when all of a sudden you know, it really matters? You know what the enemy wants you to do? is to say, man, that faith stuff is good. But when it really matters, man, why don't you just go do it your own way? Why don't you make it happen on your own? Jesus had that opportunity. The Bible says instead, he said, no, 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 no. The scriptures say people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, I'm going to choose to trust my father when everything's going great and when everything is not going great. I'm going to trust him with the little things and I'm going to trust him with the big things. If I can't trust him with everything, then I can't trust him at all. And so I'm going to trust him even when I don't know exactly how he's going to do it. And that's what happens many times in our life is we don't always know how God is going to do it. And we're going to come up on this crossroad in life and go, God, I don't know. And it'd be so easy to go to the right. It'd be so easy. But instead, I'm going to choose to trust you. Because the reality of it is, is God often, and I forgot the word is, God often is doing more than what we see. The reason why we trust God is God is often doing more than what we can see in the moment. It makes me think of the idea, imagine, imagine you walked in at the exact wrong moment when somebody's about to have a baby. You ever, I don't know if you've ever been in that room or if you've, you've mentally recovered from being in that room. All right, I was in there with my first daughter, uh, and it was, um, I'm not over it yet, but praise the Lord, it was a miracle, uh, and I'm going to move on. But the reality is, is, is if you walk in in the wrong moment, and all of a sudden you just look at the situation and you don't know what else is going on, it looks terrible. I mean, you, there's, a, there's a poor lady there, and she is strapped down, and people are holding on to her, and her legs are in an awkward place, and she's screaming with everything she's got, and in between screams, she said, you did this to me. <laughs> and then you walk in, and then there's a doctor who's like, don't let her stop. Don't let her stop. What am I looking at? I need to call 911. Something terrible. This is a terrible look. This is horrible. This is horrible. But man, whatever you do, don't get her up off of that bed because she's about to be delivered. <laughs> 
There's a whole lot more going on than what you can see in the moment. And I wonder how many times we get so frustrated because we're just operating with what we see. But instead, if we could trust the Lord, we realize, man, he's doing a whole lot more than what we can see. And I know that the path to the right looks so easy and it looks so good. I'm like, but pastor, it matters right now. This is not just church. This is real life. And I wonder if God would say, I know that the left doesn't look so good, but man, there's peace and there's joy there to trust that God is often doing more than what we understand in the moment. And when we have that question, will God be faithful? Yes, I choose to trust him. And so I take a left when that happens. And that's what Jesus did is he said, yes, yeah, I could because, you know, he's God. I could turn this this uh, stones into bread, but instead I choose to trust my father that at the right time he is going to do the right thing. And we know at the end of the story, the Bible said that he didn't just get, you know, whatever, but angels literally came and ministered to him. So to never doubt in the dark moments what you heard in the light. Whatever God has promised you, don't doubt it in the crossroads of life. Here's the second thing that we realize is that after that, the, the devil wasn't done, and Jesus used it as an opportunity to teach us that when the enemy attacks my identity, Jesus teaches me that I don't live by how I feel. I live by what I know. I don't live by how I feel. I live by what I know. And I never doubt in the dark places of life what I heard in the light. Because what the enemy is going to do in your life, if, he's, if it's anything like what he's done in mine, is that if he can't get you to doubt the promises of God by wondering if God is going to be faithful, He's going to get you to wonder if God will be faithful in the way that you would prefer. If God will do it your way. If you can kind of strong arm God into doing it in an exact way in a certain environment because that's what would be most convenient for you. Maybe you aren't like that. I'm like that all the time. I'm like, God, I got a perfect plan for you to do. And many times, God doesn't abide by my plans. This is what happened. The Bible said that after the devil wasn't able to get Jesus to to bite on, will will his father be faithful? The next thing is the Bible said that he took him up to the highest point of the temple. That's about 300 feet in the air. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if this had been a temptation in my life, that wouldn't have been a problem because as soon as I looked over that edge, I'd have passed out cold and probably fell, you know, and I'd be with Jesus right now. I don't want nothing to do with heights. That's as tall as the Empire State Building, by the way. So he's there, and he's looking, and the devil's like, so you're the son of God. Prove it. Do your Superman thing. Jump off and fly, because here's the deal. Doesn't the Bible say that the angels will take care of you because they don't want you to dash your foot against the stone. And so now, all of a sudden, there's this weird temptation happening. And now there's an option where I can, I can live by how I feel or what feels good, or I can live by what I know and what is good. Do you know what's so dangerous about our enemy? It's because he knows the Bible better than we do. He's been around a long time which is why we need to learn God's word. That's why as a church, we read through the Bible. And for some of you who've been reading the Bible with me, I had a few of you tell me this was the first year you read all the way through the New Testament. I'm so proud of you. It's awesome. We're, we're starting the book of Genesis, and we're at the part now where you're, you're excited about Matthew coming up again, right? Yeah, we need to know what the Bible says. You know why? Because the, the enemy knows it too. And so we need to know when it's true and when it's almost true. Let me give you an example. You know what the enemy will do so many times is he will take God's word and he'll twist it just a little in order to take the power out of it. This is one of the most famous verses, and it's Jesus saying, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone will have eternal life. That sounds amazing. 
That sounds awesome. That means it doesn't really matter. I just, I just because God loved me, he gives me eternal life. Isn't that wonderful? And don't you hear that so much in our modern culture today? It doesn't matter what you do, how you live, everything else, believe whatever you want to believe. God loves us so much, we all get to go to heaven. Well, the problem is, is that is almost right. But it takes away the power. Because the power is not just that Jesus loves us, but it says that Jesus loved the world. God loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, have what we have coming to us, but instead could have eternal life. And so all of a sudden now you take something that is almost right, but eventually ends up in destruction and we can fix it if we know God's word, because that's exactly what the devil was doing. The devil was, was quoting the scripture, but he was quoting a piece of it. He was quoting this piece that said that, yes, if you get into a hard time, and yes, if there is these, these situations that are out of your control, then angels will take care of you. But you notice he, he left out that part, and he just talked about you know, the angels and, and doing the different things. And what he was saying is, is he was saying, man, I've got this wonderful alternate route for you that says that, that we need to be careful not to love the world. Why? Because what it will offer is only a craving to make us feel good to make us, to have that, that physical pleasure, the, the emotion that's there. And what's, what's so very dangerous is that emotions are wonderful to feel, but they make terrible leaders. They make terrible if we, if we live our life according to how we feel because we're not always going to feel great. If I got up and went to work every single day I felt great, I wouldn't have a job anymore, right? Because so many times that bed feels so good, but that bed is not paying my paycheck. So I still got to get up. And so we know that in all areas of life. And it is so very important when it comes to our walk with God. Because so many times we'll be going through life and all of a sudden we come up on a crossroads. And so now we know God is faithful. We know that. So we've already taken our left. Now we come up to the, to the next one and it's getting dark out here. And now we've got one that says, now I know God is faithful, but I wonder if he'll do it my way. I wonder if he'll, if he'll do it in a way that makes me feel good. I wonder if he'll if if do it in a way that, that really makes me happy. But the reality is, is that Jesus said this. He said, no, 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 no. The scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. In other words, God does it his way for his reasons, and I am not going to try to play blackmail with Jesus. You know what I mean by that is so many times I have seen people inadvertently take a scripture out of context and then hold on to it and try to hold God hostage and say, God, you said, God, you better, God, whatever. And then the reality is, is yes, God is faithful, but he's faithful to his whole word, not just in that moment. Let me give an example. The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I, I've seen some people that says that means they're going to get that, that big deadlift they want to get. That means they're going to get an A on their test, even though they hadn't studied for it. They're going to win the football game. They're going to pass their driver's test. They're going to do all the things. You know why? Because I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. And then when it doesn't happen, then you go, well, why is God not faithful? Well, the whole thing says that, first of all, I am content in all things. I am good if things are going well. If things are not going well, I can endure whatever life brings to me because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That is an amazing verse because it says no matter what I experience in life, God is faithful to do exactly what he wants to do and what he needs to do in my life. So there's even more joy to that verse when you put it back in context and you let God's word speak in every single thing. But the problem is, is that many times the enemy wants to mess with our emotions. He wants to create fear and anxiety and worry. Will God do it my way? Will God do it like I want him to do it? And he creates all of this fear. And the thing is, is, is why would God leave us when we're at our darkest moment? And the answer is, he won't. 
that even when we're feeling all the emotions and all the different things, that it doesn't change the truth of God's word. And if God said he was going to take care of you in the light, then he is definitely going to take care of you in the darkness. And it is so hard to do. But to let all the emotions run over us and run over us, and then when it's all over with and we all pass through us like a wave, we go, I still trust God's word. Because the reality is, is we can enjoy feelings, but we should always live according to truth. We enjoy those emotions. It's, it's great. And then sometimes we just deal with those negative emotions, but we live according to the truth of God's word. Because it is the truth of God's word that will hold us steady when everything else is going away. And can I tell you, as we get further into you know, the, the different things going on in our culture right now where emotions are everywhere and everybody's trying to attack everybody and all this kind of stuff, we definitely need something that isn't swayed by the next social media blast, by, by, the, by the next thing. But instead to say, you know, I'm going to anchor my life on the truth of God's word and I'm going to feel all the feelings and, and people are talking about the economy this way and that makes me nervous and they were talking about downsizing and that's going to make me worried and all this. I'm going to feel all of that stuff and then I'm still going to stand on the truth of God's word because I'm at a crossroads and the enemy wants me to doubt if God can take care of me. He wants me to doubt if am I really a child of God. But I'm going to remember what God's word says. And so I'm going to trust in the darkness what I heard in the light. And even if it would be easy to be governed by my emotions and go to the right, I'm going to go to the left, and I'm going to trust in the goodness of God. And so the first two things didn't work. You know, he tried to get, uh, get Jesus to doubt if his father was going to be faithful. Didn't work. He was going to doubt, try to doubt if he could kind of force God's hand to do it his way. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not about that. So, you know, can I trust God? Yes. Can I trust if he does it his way? Yes. And then he had the third one. The Bible said that he took uh, Jesus up to a high mountain. And we're going to get to this in our soap Bible reading. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says that Moses wasn't able to go into the, the land of Canaan. I know, spoiler alert, sorry. He wasn't able to go into the land of Canaan, but he was able to go up on top of a mountain and see the land of Canaan. And a lot of scholars think that that's the mountain that the devil took Jesus up to. And he said, look at all the kingdoms and all the world. And notice the third time, it didn't say, if you're the son of God. So it's almost like he's conceding the point. I see that you at least know who you are. I see that I can't shake you on that. So let me shake something else. If you are the son of God, and apparently you think you are, I know you're in game. And that's all these kids. You want your people back. You want to redeem them probably. Well, here's the deal. Right now they're under my domain. I'll give them to you if you'll worship me. It's just a little thing, a little evil for a greater good. Wouldn't you want to do it that way, Jesus? Wouldn't you want to save yourself from having to do whatever it is you've come to do? We know now, go to the cross. It'd be so awesome. You can have all the kingdoms in all the world if you'll do it according to my timetable. Take a little shortcut. And what we realize is to never doubt in the darkness what you heard in the light. We don't, we don't live by what we see. We live by who I know. We don't live by, by how I feel. I live by what I know. And I also know from Jesus that he teaches me that I don't live for what is temporary. I live for what is eternal. I don't live for what is temporary. I live for what is eternal. Because what we have in this moment is we have another crossroads. And that crossroads is, am I going to live for temporary? Or am I going to live for the eternal? Because temporary, we build for the moment. Eternal, he builds for forever. He continues and continues and continues. And there's so much more going on in the moment than what we have at the time. And now the enemy is like, hey, wait, wait, why would you want to go through all of that? Why, would, why, why don't you do it my way? Why don't you take a shortcut? You, you don't have to get on Scottsford Road at all. 
You can go down cave mill, and you can get there so much faster, except for lately. But usually you can't. So why, why would you want to go through three years of public ministry, die on a cross? You could just do it right now, but, but you got to think temporary. And the reality of it is, is that this is what the enemy offers. It says, don't love this world or the things it offers you, for the world offers only pride in our achievements and in our possessions, doing it our way. And the reality of it is, is this is the one that's hard for me. I'll be really honest with you, that I've, I've lived long enough, and I'm not old yet, but I have lived long enough that I have learned that in the light, God has told me that he would be faithful. And in dark seasons, when I was tempted to do it my own way, and I had everybody around me telling me to do it my own way, and all this kind of stuff, and the right looked very, very good, there's been times when I took a right, but there's also been times when I said, you know, I know God is faithful. And I am not going to frustrate the plan of God. I'm going to be right here, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I've done everything I know to do. God's going to do it. And there's been times when I actually made the right choice, and I went to the left. There's been times in my life, maybe you've experienced those as well, when I knew God was faithful, but then the second question become, will he do it my way? And I was like, God, I really think you should do it my way. This is a really good opportunity for you to do it my way, and it works out for me too. It's a win-win. And there's been times when I've taken that right and got myself into trouble, but there's also been times when I've realized, you know, God, your, your timing is so much better than mine, and so I, I took a left. And I've, I'm learning, maybe you are too, to trust that he knows what he's doing. But can I tell you, the one that bothers me the most is this one right here. Because so many times, I don't understand God's timing. Because if I'm honest, I'm one of those people I like to kind of put my head down and just kind of get to work. And so many times God spends all of his time kind of getting my eyes back up so I can see what's going on in the world because I, I just kind of get that tunnel vision. And then so in the moment, I'm like, God, your, your timing is really different than mine. And I, I don't want to call it bad because you're God. But, oh, you just missed an opportunity to do something great. That, that would have been really awesome. And every once in a while, God helps me to raise my head up and go, actually, I'm doing so much more. But in the moment, all I see is what works best for me. And best in the moment. But what Jesus said in that moment is he said, get out of here because you must worship the Lord and to serve only him. In other words, live according to his timetable. Trust him to do the right thing at the right time and just trust that he's going to do it whenever he needs to do it. In other words, I am not going to take any shortcuts. But instead, I'm going to continue to worship my father because I'm, I'm setting the template for everybody else. And so I'm going to go through whatever I have to go through because I'm all about God's timetable, not mine. And can I tell you, this is the one that is so difficult for me because, like you, I've been in those moments where I've been at crossroads of faith. And, I said, and I've thought to myself, God, you could get a lot of glory from going this way. But man, I don't understand. It was a, there was a story I heard of a, a friend of mine. It was his, his aunt. And she was an amazing woman of God. She, uh, one of those people that you, you're pretty sure she was, uh, she was a Christian before she was born. You know, she was always amazing. And, you know, she, she taught in life groups and taught in their kids' life area and all this kind of stuff. And just, just, just wonderful lady. And, and she came down with, with, with cancer. And, and everybody was like, well, this will be easy. We'll just pray for her. And, and if God's going to heal anybody, God's going to heal her, right? So let's start praying for her. It's like, this is, this is an easy win for Jesus. And so they started praying for her. And, and she went ahead and went through chemo and went through the whole process and, and uh, lost her hair and the different things. And they're still praying. They're saying, God, of course you can do this. Of course, this is easy. This is, this is her or anybody, whatever. And, and she kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And, and the question then became, okay, God, anytime's a good time. You know, you know, come on, come on. You know, this, is, this will be an even bigger miracle, even bigger miracle, you know, and, until she passed away. And 
that family was really, really upset. And when I heard about it, I was really upset too. And I was like, God, I trust you. I trust that you know what you're doing, but I don't understand your timing. If anybody deserved a miracle, surely it was this lady. And then I heard the rest of the story, and that is that at the funeral home, the, uh, the son was there and talking to people, and, and before he was done, 20-something nurses came through the line and talked to him. And every one of them had the same story, and that is like, I loved your mom so much. I never got to meet her until she would come for her chemo appointments. And she was so full of joy and so full of peace. And to see somebody with such peace in the middle of such dark places just started to blow my mind. And she started to share her story with me. And it was 20-something nurses that had received Jesus as their personal Savior. Is that not amazing? Over the course of that situation. I don't know the exact number. I texted the guy in between services to get the exact number. I don't remember what it was. But what he started, the, the son started to learn, and he related to my friend, as he said, I thought that God had missed a good time to heal my mom. What I didn't realize is that she is healed. She's with Jesus. And now 20-something people are going to get to go be with Jesus as well. I'm so glad that God didn't do it my way or in my timing. And can I tell you, that is awesome after it's over with. It's it's in the fourth chemo treatment when it starts to hurt and the hair starts to fall out and you're so sick you can't get out of bed that in that moment, there's a crossroads and there's an opportunity that we have to say, am I going to go for the temporary or am I going to live for the eternal? Because the truth of it is, is that we overestimate what we can do in the short term, but we underestimate what God can do through a lifetime of faithfulness. God isn't interested in a moment. He's interested in what he can do for eternity. And so sometimes when God doesn't do something when we want, how we want, the way we want it, it's not because he doesn't love you. It's because he loves you. He says, I've got a better plan that you can't see yet so I could give you what you want. But what you need is so much bigger because it's not just about you, but it's about everybody I want to touch through you. And why would God leave you in your darkest moment? The answer is he won't. But never doubt in the darkness what you heard in the light. No matter how difficult it gets, no matter what relationship is threatened, no matter what happens with your kids or happens with your parents or what happens in school or what happens in your job, all those things are terrible and all those things need to be mourned, but they have nothing to do with God's faithfulness. He's still faithful, even in the dark, because his word never changes. And God's word teaches us that at the end of this, that that the, the devil had to leave. He had nothing left to do. And angels came and ministered to him. And what we learn in the last scripture is that Jesus then returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. In other words, the Holy Spirit was with him in the beginning, and he was with him even greater by the end. And can I tell you, I think that that is the testimony that God wants to do for all of us, is that on the other side of whatever journey you're on is more of God's power and more of God's presence in your life. Your job is to never stop moving, but to listen. And when you get to the crossroads, you choose to take a left. You choose, even when it hurts, to trust the Lord. Because that was, that was exactly what I needed to do. 
I've, I've told you guys some of the different stories in my life, and I can't tell you how many times I've been in a, a crossroads in my life. And it reminds me so much of what happened when I was at the, the corn maze with my kids. And it seems so, as I was thinking about this, and I wish I had pictures, but, you know, that left-hand turn looked so non-inviting. It was it's kind of grown over. It's like they hadn't really messed with it very much. And, you know, it looked like that's like, of course, that's the wrong way to go. No one else is going that way because, you know, if they did, they did it really easy. But the right was awesome. It's amazing. Everybody goes that way. You can tell. When I go to the right, I decide to, you know, not listen because I thought I knew better. And I end up in a dead end. Maybe you're, you're better than I am, but I don't, I'm, I'm stubborn. And so I come up dead end. I go, well, I'm just going to make my own path and get even more lost. <laughs> and what I love about it, as I was thinking about it, is you know, that guy had told me, he said, man, if you get lost, because he, he had more faith than I did, uh, if you get lost, just yell out. I'm, I'm kind of around, and I'll tell you which way to go. And can I tell you how long it took me to yell out? Because I didn't want to admit I was lost. I didn't want to admit to my girls I was lost. I wanted to act like I had it all figured out. And I kept thinking, man, it's just a corn maze. At some point, I'm just going to make a path. I'm going to find my way out of here. Man, I got so lost. And I was like, I don't This is like the never-ending corn maze. Until finally, I didn't have a choice. Help! Where are you at? I don't know. That's why I need your help. Did you turn left? No. All right, go back where you came from and turn left. And that's almost what Jesus does for all of us. We go through life and come across a, a, you know, a crossroads in life we didn't ask for. A divorce, a death, job situation, kid situation, whatever it is. And now we have a choice to make. Are we going to trust the Lord or are we going to do our own thing? And, and we, we, we know what we're supposed to do. We know we're supposed to trust God in all things. And yes, absolutely, praise the Lord. But that way is so much easier. I can control that way. That looks good. And so we, we go that way and we end up in a dead end. Things are worse than when we began. And if you're like me, I, I make a bad thing even worse because I don't want to admit I'm wrong. And before I know it, I'm hopelessly lost. And I get lost enough that I finally just yell out to God, God, can you help me? You know what he doesn't do? Did you do what I told you to do? He doesn't just yell back at me. You know what he does? He starts walking through the corn. He starts putting all that stuff aside. He starts moving on. And he, and he comes and he finds me because I have no idea where I'm at. He comes and he finds me. I'm like, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm so lost. I know you told me to go left, but I went right. And, and then I took some more rights. I took some more rights. I don't have no idea where I'm at. You know what he doesn't do? He doesn't say shame on you. How could you? I made it easy. I told you to go. He doesn't do any of that. You know what he says? I love you. Thank you so much for calling on me. I've been waiting on you. I saw you when you went right. I'm not mad at you. I've been waiting on you come here. Now I'm going to walk with you back to where you're supposed to be, and we're going to go left together. You know what left is? It's just choosing to trust the Lord. Choosing to say, I know, I know the right looks the right way, but I'm going to choose to trust him. And you know what's even more amazing is even if I let go of his hand and I take another right, he doesn't get mad at me, but he keeps on. Help! Here I am. Come on. Come on. I'm not mad at you, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I know. I know. It's fine. It's fine. Come on. Come on. Come on. I got a big idea for you. I haven't given up on you. Jesus, I've turned right so many times. How in the world can you find the way back to the path? Because I made you. I'm so proud of you. I'm not always proud of what you do. But you can't do anything to make me stop loving you. So come on. 
Jesus, when are you going to give up on me? Never. What if I give up on you? I'm never going to give up on you. Come on. Come on. Come on. How about you? Have you you taken too many rights? And now you're just lost? And you're so frustrated, you just don't even know what to do. You know what the Bible says? Jesus himself said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, who have heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Learn from me, for I'm gentle. You know what gentleness is? It's full of power, yet choosing not to use it. Like, I could destroy you, but I'm in love with you. And I want to help you. Some of us in here, what we need to do is we need to take a few moments in just a minute, the band is going to lead us in a worship song. And you know what? Honestly, what we need to do is we need to cry out to the Lord. Lord, I'm lost. Maybe you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've been trying to get through this maze called life and you didn't even know there was a left-hand turn. You're just, you're just going right. It's just got you off somewhere. And, you, and just now in this moment, you realizing how lost you truly are. Can I tell you that Jesus loves you? He has a plan for your life. And on the, the back of your, inside your worship, God, there's a connect card. And on the back of that, there's a prayer that you can pray. And I want to give you an opportunity in just a moment as the worship team leads us in a song of worship to take that card. And if you can say that prayer to the Lord and mean it, it's not about the words. It's about what you mean in your heart. Declare Jesus as Lord of your life. Today could be your spiritual birthday. And no matter how lost you are, Jesus can find you. And he can start walking with you every single day. In just a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you're in here, and you've been a Christian for a while, but you've taken some right-hand turns, and you're so lost. You have no idea how you got here. You just know you are. Can I tell you, to not be ashamed to call out for the Lord? Jesus, can you help me? You know what you're going to find? It's not a vengeful, vindictive, angry God. The Lord who loves us more than we can imagine. He wants to take you by the hand. Say, come on, baby, let's go. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, you messed up. We're going to get there. We're going to get you clean. We're going we're to heal up those broken places. It's going to be all right. I'm going to lead you in freedom, but I love you so much. Come on, let's do it. Jesus, I'm so sorry. I know, and I forgive you. Come on, let's go. I still got dreams for you. I still got hopes for you. I'm still going to do great things in your life. Don't you dare give up on yourself. I haven't given up on you. Is that what you need to hear the Lord say? Well, in just a moment, we get ready to pray. Maybe it's time to call out for him and let him Whisper his peace in your life and never doubt in the dark what you heard in the light. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Thank you, God, that you see us and you know us in this place. And God, I know that for some of us in this moment, we don't have a relationship with you. But we've been walking around this maze of life trying to figure it out. We've been hitting one roadblock after another. And I wonder if maybe some of those roadblocks were a chance to point back to you. And in this moment, God, I just pray you will give us the courage to take that next step, that when the, when the band leads us, Holy Spirit, you will continue to move in us and we'll give our lives and everything over to you. But for others of us, God, I know that in this moment, even right now, Lord, we love you. We're so lost. We're so discouraged. We feel like everything is going wrong. I'm so thankful that when everything goes wrong, you are still right. And Lord, as we get ready to worship some of us, we may just... We may end up raising our hands to you and just saying, Jesus, help, I'm lost. Your word says that it is in your presence that we find fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I pray that in your presence today, God, spiritually you'll take us by the hand and you'll start leading us and guiding us. I'm so thankful, God, that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. 
And we give you room to do that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And would you stand with me all over the